Welcome to The Crossing. So glad that you are here today. We are kicking off a brand new series today called Risk It. The whole idea of this series is us taking the risk to invest our lives in someone who's far from God. And I'm really excited about this series and I'm really excited about our speaker today. Todd Clark is with us. Todd has been a friend of mine since high school and Todd is an amazing leader and an amazing communicator. Todd is a church planner, planted a church in California. Todd is a teaching pastor. He has been a teaching pastor at some of the largest churches in the United States. And last year when I was in California, I heard Todd do this message at Eastside Christian Church and I immediately texted him and I said, would you come do this at the crossing? Our people need to hear this. And so I'm excited for you to hear this message today that Todd has. Todd is not only a great communicator, great pastor. Todd is married to Renee, the dad of two, and he hosts a blog called Curious.ly where he talks about leadership. Would love for you to check that out and just to see what he's doing. Also, he is the founder of an organization called Eat Art, where they have some artists that sell their product and all of the proceeds go to help feed needy children. So just some great things that he's involved in. And so as he comes up here in a few minutes, would you give him a huge crossing welcome? Thank you so much, Crossing. Uh, love you guys. I'm so thankful for you and, and your pastor, Shane. I have done a lot of life with that guy, several decades, and I just love that guy. Don't you just love him? Aren't you thankful for him and Darla, their family? They're so great, uh, and just all the time and energy they've invested into this place and this community, and, and all, of, all of you. I'm so, I just want to say it's my first time to be in this new big place, and I'm so thankful for you. Uh, crossing and so many of you and just your your diligence and your tenacity to continue to share Jesus with the city of Las Vegas. It's an amazing thing and what you're doing, believe me, is making a difference in many, many people's lives every single week. So I want to say thank you so much for doing that and I just want to say I'm so glad that you've made the choice to be at church uh, today. I'm glad that you're here but I want to ask you to do something a little bit strange I want to ask you to imagine you're not here. I'm glad you're here, but I want to ask you to forget you're here. Uh, forget about the lights, forget about the band, forget about the sound, forget that I'm standing on a stage. And here's what I want to ask you to do for just the next 25, 30 minutes. I want to ask you to just kind of pretend that you're sitting at just a little table like this, just having coffee with a friend. That's where I want you to go. You're just having coffee with a friend, and, and you're sitting there, and you're just talking about all kinds of very normal things. Maybe you're talking about a vacation that's coming up, uh, yet here in August, you know, before you really get into the fall, or, or maybe you're talking about your job or something like that. If, if you're guys sitting around having coffee, maybe you're talking about sports or, or golf. Maybe you're talking about cars or something like that. Students, if you're sitting there having coffee, junior high, high school, college, maybe you're talking about the fact that school is coming back and you're going to have to go and you're going to see these students or you don't want to see these students or maybe you're talking about what one of your friends posted on Snapchat or Instagram and it was just crazy. <laughs> Ladies, I'll be honest with you, I, 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 I don't 
know what you talk about when you sit and have coffee. I don't know that I really want to know what you guys talk about. I can tell you this, if you were sitting with my wife, Renee, uh, right now, she would be talking about the Olympics. She's somewhat obsessed with the Olympics right now, uh, especially gymnastics. You would probably also be talking about uh, pedicures and manicures with her and shoes or sandals or something like that if you were with my wife. But here, here's, here's the thing. Here's what I want you to do. Just, just imagine that you're sitting with somebody and you're having just normal, everyday conversations. And then, out of the blue, like all of a sudden, the conversation begins to take a spiritual turn. And the person you're sitting with says, hey, you know, I've been, I've been meaning to ask you. Um, I know you go to that, that, that big church over there, you know, it has, looks like an S on the side. I think it's the crossing. Um, I've, been, I've been meaning to ask you, what, what, what do you think about God? Or, or what do you think about Jesus? Or I've, I've known this one thing in the Bible. What do you think about the Bible? And what do you think about what it says? And the conversation takes a spiritual turn. Has that ever happened to you? You're just having a normal conversation, and then it takes a spiritual turn? That can be a little scary sometimes, can it? It can be a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes. And what do you do when that happens, when you're having a coffee or at school or at work or on an airplane or something like that? Do you get nervous? Do you try and redirect the conversation as quickly as possible to something safe? Or do you just go with it? Do you take the risk and begin to share Jesus with this person? For many of us, the truth is this. We wouldn't want to stand up and admit it. We wouldn't want to raise our hands in a room like this this morning. For many of us, this is a very nervous thing. And here's why. Because the truth is this. We're not sure we really know enough about God to get into this kind of conversation is what we think sometimes. We're not sure that we know enough about the Bible. We're not sure that we know enough about our own faith to get involved in these kinds of conversations. And we think if we go too far down that road, Todd, I may just mess up the whole message of the Bible. I may mess up the message of Jesus, so we just kind of avoid that a lot of times in our lives. But yet we're told clearly in the Bible, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Everybody say always. Always be prepared, not sometimes be prepared, not when you're ready to be prepared, be prepared, not when you want to, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Here's what I want to do today, Crossing. I want to show you how you can direct that conversation, that spiritual conversation with confidence and how you can lead somebody into a relationship with Jesus, how you can risk it and lead them to Jesus. And I know right now, because I, I can see some of you are sitting here right now going, man, this is great, and you're ready, you're ready to write, you've got some notes out or something like that, and you're thinking, this is just what I need because I have this person, God just knows, I need to share this, this is amazing. And so some of you are ready, and others of you are sitting here right now going, seriously? Seriously, is this what we're going to talk about the whole time? I mean, here, okay, okay, here's the thing, Todd. And here's your thing in your head. Todd, do we really have to get into conversations with people at coffee shops about Jesus? Do we really have to do this? I mean, I mean, why? here's the thing. Here's what you're thinking in your head. You wouldn't want to say it out loud, but you're thinking, can't we all just live our lives? Can't we all just live our lives the best we know how and then just kind of leave it up to God at the end? Can't we just live them and live really good lives? We need to live good lives, but can't we just do that and then just let God sort things out at the end? And that's what you're thinking in your head. And if that's what you're thinking, I just want to say to you, uh, crossing the answer to that question is no. We can't. 
Just live that way. And here's why. Here's why you and I have to talk to our friends and our family members and our coworkers and our neighbors and our classmates. Here's why. Because if no one talks to them about Jesus, this is, this is just the truth. If no, one, if no one cares to get into a conversation like this, really get into a real conversation with somebody about Jesus and about God, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what their conclusion one day will be. And by the way, this is the conclusion that many people you live around have already reached. When you go home today to your neighborhood, many people who live in your neighborhood, this is what they think about God, what I'm getting ready to tell you. Many people you're getting ready to go to school with and work with, this is what they think about God if no one has ever sat and had a conversation with them and taken the risk. Here's what they think. They think there's a good God out there somewhere. And the way you and I get to a good God is by being what? Good. Everybody say good. Good. That's what, that's, what, that's what much of Las Vegas, that's the conclusion of many people who are living in Las Vegas. So there's a good God, Todd, and he's out there somewhere in a good heaven. And the way you and I get to a good God way up in a good heaven is by being good. And you know what? That sounds so good doesn't it? I mean, just be good. That's all you got to do. You just got to be good. And then and that's how you get there. The problem is it's not true. It's not true. We have to tell our friends and family members this, that it's good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Amen? That's just the truth of the gospel. That's why we have to take the risk. It doesn't matter how good you've been. It doesn't matter how good you're going to be. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven People go to heaven. And so again, just imagine that you're sitting at just a table like this. You're having a conversation. All of a sudden, it takes a spiritual turn. I want to show you how you can lead that person towards Jesus with just one verse. Just one verse. You don't have to know 15 verses from the Old Testament and New Testament. That's great if you do. That's fantastic. But just one single verse. And it's in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It's probably in your notes. If you have a tablet, if you have a smartphone, whatever, we have it up on the screen. Some of the team members here in the tech crew who write much better than I do have written it up here. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. This is the only verse you need to lead that person towards Jesus. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Would you read that with me out loud, crossing in just a big voice? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. With just that one verse, you can lead a person towards Jesus. And you can do this, by the way, on just the back of a napkin. I mean, if you got a napkin when you came in here and you're thinking, I don't know why in the world I need this. Well, here's the thing. Several times during the course of the last few years, I've been sitting with somebody just having coffee or on an airplane or something like that. Conversation takes a spiritual turn. And here's what I've done. I've just taken, I've written that verse, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, on the back of a napkin. And then I just begin to talk through that verse with the person for 5, 10, 15 minutes in just the same way I'm going to talk with you today. And show you how you can risk and lead somebody closer to Jesus. So write that down in your notes. Write that verse on your napkin or whatever. And then here's what I want you to do to start out. I want you to put a box around the word wages. Everybody say wages. And then I want you to write the word wages over here on your notes or on your napkin or whatever. And if it was just me and you sitting here having a conversation, having coffee or something like that, here's what I would do. I'd say, what do you think about when you think about wages? 
And maybe you'd say, well, I think about a paycheck or something I earn or something I deserve or, you know, something I'm looking forward to, you know, something like that. I've I've worked towards this. It's some money that I'm going to get. That's what we think about for wages. Let let me ask you this, Crossing. Have you ever worked for someone at any period of your life and then not got the wages that you deserved? Does that ever happen to you? It's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, some of you have had that happen. The first time, I've had it happen several times. The very first time I can remember that happening to me, I'll go all the way back to when I was in high school. And uh, this is probably more information than you need, but when I was in high school, it was the big 80s, okay? And I was a DJ, okay, in high school. And I had the Adidas sweatsuit, and I had the gold chains, and I had the turntables. It was unbelievable, okay? And some of you are thinking, I don't even want to go there, but it was amazing, okay? And, and so I'm, I'm DJing, I'm setting up for all these things, and I, and I set up for several uh, wedding receptions, and, and at least once I got set up, I spent hours setting up and DJing, and the, the wedding couple got so excited about their honeymoon, which is, is something that's wonderful and fantastic, that, that they left, everybody in fact just left, and, and everybody just forgot to pay me. And I'm sitting there cleaning up, you know, and I've got music playing and everyone's gone. And, and I'm saying, hello, I've been working. There were supposed to be some wages. I, I deserve that. It's called money. And, 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 and that's, you know, I was upset. And, and a lot of times when we think about wages, that's what we think about, something we've earned, something we deserve in our lives. And so we would just talk about that. Now let me ask you to do this. Go put a box around the word sin and write the word sin right down below the word wages. What do you think about when you think about sin? Maybe you think about something you've done wrong, messing up. Maybe you think about something that you know, makes you feel a little bit guilty in your life. Maybe you think about something just last week that you did that you're, you're just like ashamed about, you don't want anybody to know about, and you're trying to just make sure nobody finds that out. Or maybe it's a habit that's super private, and you're trying to keep it private because it's not a good thing And when you think about sin, or maybe some kind of addiction that you've been wrestling with for a while. And a lot of people know about the addiction. In fact, you have people praying for you about this. And you're getting better. You're like doing better with the whole deal. But it's still, you know, it's, it's wrong. It's sinful in your life. And I don't know what you think about when you think about sin, but may, maybe it's just that. It's darkness or it's separation or it's messing up and all those sorts of things. Uh, when I think about sin, I kind of have this strange picture come to my mind. And I want to share it with you because I think it'll help put a picture in your mind about sin for the future. And it goes back... A while back, I was home watching TV, and it was a weekend, and I was kind of just flipping through the channels, and uh, I came across like one of the animal channels, like Animal Planet or something like that, and I don't watch a lot of animal shows. Usually, if I am watching an animal show, I'm watching something, you know, about like lions and elephants, like real manly stuff, okay? But this, this I, I tell you that because specifically, this show is about birds, okay? And so I don't watch, I just don't go looking for shows about birds, but, but this show is about birds, but these were kind of like really cool birds. They were like eagles, like birds of prey, and, and it showed these birds like soaring up over this lake in like... Uh, Colorado or something like that. And the lake is just beautiful and pristine and it shows this great camera and photography. And all of a sudden this one eagle like tucks its wings and goes just dive bombing down into this lake. Maybe you've seen this happen before in lakes or in the ocean or something like that. And this bird just goes dive bombing down into this lake and it, and it crashes into the water and it latches on with its claws to this huge fish. I know this sounds crazy, but this is what I think about when I think about sin, okay? This is just like the image that comes to my mind. So this bird gets this fish, and it just starts kind of grabbing it, and it starts flapping back up into the air. This is exactly what it looked like, okay? It was majestic. It was great. Just, 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 just like this, and I, I did it the same way the bird did. And, and it's what happens is you know as you're watching this on TV that this bird is going to take this fish over to the land and eat it. And so it shows here's the bird with the fish, and here's the land. And it's getting closer to the land, and it's getting closer to the water. And it's getting closer to the land, it's getting closer to the water. 
And pretty soon you, you see that this bird realizes it's not going to make it to the land. It's, it, the fish is too heavy. So here's what happens. This is amazing. The bird starts to try and, it starts to try and let go of the fish, but it can't. Its claws are so deep in it, and it starts to kind of wrestle and, and struggle, and you can see it trying to let go of this, and its wings are flapping like crazy. It can't let go of this fish because its claws are so stuck in it. And I watch this, and this bird goes splashing down into the water, flapping all around, and it, this fish pulls it underwater, and presumably it, it, it dies. And I know some of you right now are thinking, why are you telling us this story? And I know it's strange. I know it's crazy, but this is my weird mind. This is what I think about when I think about sin. Because don't we do that a lot of times? Whether you've been in church for a lot of your life or whether you've been in church for just the last 40 minutes, a lot of times we kind of soar above our world, our workplace, our neighborhood, our junior high or high school, and we see something that we want, something that looks really good, something looks inviting, and so we kind of swoop in and we get involved with it, we kind of pick it up, we get our life into it, we put some emotion into it, some time, maybe we put some money into this thing, and we start to grab a hold of it, and we take it back up, we carry it with us back to our life, and, and we're doing just fine. Maybe before long, a few of our friends start talking to us, or family members, and they say things like, are, are you okay? Are you, you seem a little bit different, and, 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 and you know it's because of what you're carrying now, but you don't want them to know, so you're like, no, I'm good. I mean, everything's really cool. I'm just, I'm totally good, and, and so they just kind of leave you alone, and then a few more weeks go by, and you're carrying this thing, and it's starting to get a little heavier, and you're thinking, well, I should probably let go of this. I mean, it's, it's a little heavier than I thought it was, and I probably shouldn't even be holding this anymore, and, but I'm not going to let go of it now. I mean, I'll go, I'm pretty soon I'm going to let go of it. So you carry it for a few more weeks or a few more months. Isn't this, this the way this happens with you and with me? And so we carry it for a few more months and we think, you know what, I can, I'm, I'm going to let go of this. And you start to try and let go of this thing, this habit, this addiction, this sin, and, and it's kind of hard to let go of. And so you start thinking, you know what, I, okay, here, okay, here's the thing. Maybe I won't let go of it today. I mean, it's, it's a little hard. I, I, I'm going to do it next month. Next month, I'm definitely letting go of this because next month is going to be a good time to do that. So I'm going to let go of it next month. And so, and so we keep carrying it, and here's what happens. Eventually, we come to realize that, you know what, I, I, I no longer have a hold of that thing, but it has a hold of me. And no matter how hard we try, a lot of times we can't let go it's because it now has us instead of us having a hold of it. And, and the wages of our sin, that just it, what happens is the Bible says it weights us down, and oftentimes it, it leads towards death in our lives. Put a box around the word death and, and write the word death over here underneath the word sin. The wages of our sin lead to death, and, and that's not always physical death in our lives like the eagle and the fish. Sometimes it is, though, right? I mean, in, in a room this size... Many of you, this is, this is not easy to talk about, but you, you probably know somebody, a friend or a family member who you know what, you're, you're thinking, Todd, you know, that's true. They got a hold of something and, and then they just couldn't let go of it and it ended up taking their life. But it's not always physical, right? Sometimes it's just spiritual. It's something that comes in between us and God or sometimes it's something relational, you know, that we pick something up and it puts distance between us and friendships or our husband or, or wife or, or something like that. I mean, that's what we think about. The wages of our sin is death. Death is kind of like separation and, and darkness and finality and, and that sort of thing. The wages of our sin always lead to death. And I know, again, right now, some of you are sitting here going, wow, Todd, okay, and this message today is really a downer, okay? Um, th this is really a tough message. Thank you so much for coming today. I'm so glad Shane invited you, and you can pray and go home now. And um, 
I invited a friend for the first time. This is just great, and we're all going to die. And Okay, and here, here, here's, here's, listen, listen, okay, here's the thing. If this is where the message ended, it would be pretty bad. It would be pretty depressing, but that's not where the message ends today. Somebody say amen. Everybody put a box around the word but. Everybody say but. And then write that down at the bottom of your page, but, with, with one T, okay? Um, that's for all the men, that's for all the guys, but, with one T. The wage of our sin is death, but. This may be the most important word in the whole verse, because that means it's not it, it's not over, that's not it. I could put a box around the word gift and write the word gift over here on the other side of your napkin or of your notes. If it was just me and you sitting here having a coffee, here's what I would do. I would look across and I would say, okay, here's what I want you to do. Tell me about one of the greatest gifts you've ever received. If you're just us having coffee, working through this verse, if you're just written on a napkin, tell me about one of the greatest gifts you've received. And I would listen to you tell me about one of the greatest things, one of the greatest gifts you've ever received. And then I would probably tell you about one of the cool gifts that I've received. If, if I was doing that, I would probably take you back one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. I was 13 years old. I was just becoming a teenager, okay? And my dad, for my 13th birthday, my dad got me my very own checkbook. Mm-hmm. I know right now a lot of you are thinking, wow, that is amazing, what is a checkbook, okay? Some of you are like, what? I don't know. What the... It's like had paper in it, put your name on it. It's like money and stuff like that and had you link to an account. Anyway, here's what he did. He gave me this checkbook, and, and in my checkbook, in my checking account, he put $50, $50 as a 13-year-old. And I can, remember, I can remember like it was yesterday. I can remember thinking, well, I am, I am like the richest kid in the world right now. I mean, how will I ever spend 50 bucks? And, and here's the thing. It was an incredible gift, right? It was undeserved. It was something I hadn't thought about. It, it was a total surprise. That's what a gift is. But here's where the conversation gets really interesting today. A gift is all those things, but a gift is also the opposite of what? A wage. A wage is something you earn. A wage is something you expect. A wage is something you deserve. A gift? Didn't expect that at all. It was completely unearned. It was completely unexpected in your life. And so there's this gift that somebody wants to give to you. Who wants to give you this gift? God does. Put a box around God and just write God underneath the word gift. What do you think about when you think about God? Probably all kinds of things. That's probably a whole other message series that could be done, right, for weeks and weeks. But I'll tell you this, what you think about when you think about God is probably like one of the most important things you ever think about, who God is to you. Maybe when you think about God, you think about holy and amazing and pure. Maybe when you think about God, you think, you know, honestly, Todd, when I think about God, I think about, okay, it's the guy up there who's like, he's probably upset with me, okay? <laughs> he should be, okay? And he's ashamed of me. There's probably all kinds of things we think about in a room this size when we think about God. But whether you've been coming to the crossing for years or whether this is your first or second time at the crossing, I, I can bet that we all would agree on this, that God, whatever you think about him, is also the opposite of what? Sin, right? I mean, we could agree on that. I mean, if sin is bad and wrong and ugly and awful and dark, then God would be the opposite of that. He would be perfect and holy and right and pure and good. And so there's this gift that this amazing, gracious God wants to give to you. And what is that gift he wants to give? Eternal life, right? Put a box around eternal life and just write eternal life down there on the bottom of your notes 
or your napkin. There's all kinds of things we could say about eternal life. Again, we could do a whole series on that, but maybe the easiest way to describe it would just be to say that eternal life is the opposite of what? Death. If death is being over, it's being done, it's darkness, then eternal life would be just the beginning and just the start and, and light and perfection and that sort of thing. So here you have it. The wages of sin is death, but that's not all. The gift of God is eternal life. And you can just sit with somebody in a conversation and take the risk and begin to outline this for them. But then here, here's the thing, Crossing, don't miss this. Here's the million-dollar question. The million-dollar question is how do you move then from this side to this side? How do you move from one side to the other? How do you move from death to life? Well, what words are left unboxed that we could put a box around? How about this? Christ Jesus. Amen? So just write a little line in your notes or on your napkin and write the word Christ Jesus. And then if you want, you can even draw like a little line down to make a cross. The wages of our sin is death. That's true. But that's not all. There's this incredible gift that this amazing, gracious God wants to give to you. And you know what it is? It's eternal life. And the way you get that, the way I get that, is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? And friends, listen, you can lead the person to Jesus in just a few minutes on the back of a napkin. Pretty easy, right? Pretty simple thing to do. Now, here's what I want to say to you. Uh, for everybody here in the room today, as we study this, as we consider this conversation and taking this risk, I know it can be kind of a crazy thing, but here's what I want to say, that every single one of us in this room today, I know you don't all know, all know me, and I don't certainly know all of you, but here's what I do know. I know that all of us are in one of two places, one of two places when it comes to this message today. There's some of you, first of all, who need to accept this. You need to accept this message in, into your life. And, and the truth is, you have sin in your life. You have sin in your past. You know it. You, you have sin in your present. Some of you, some of you, hello, you have sin on the calendar for later today, right? I mean, you have calendared sin for tomorrow, right? You, you're aware of this. It's, it's like, I know. And, and here's the thing. You have sin in your life. And, and maybe you've been coming to the crossing for several weeks or several months or several years, and, and you sing the songs. Sometimes you even raise your hands. You make notes. You have things underlined in your Bible. But here's the truth. You have never accepted Jesus into your life. And here's what I want to say. Some of you need to accept Jesus this weekend. You need to accept this message. And this message wasn't about talking to someone else. God put you here today, and he knew I would be here today starting out this new series, and you need Jesus in your life. You need to accept this message. And there's going to be people right out in, in the lobby to talk to you today. I talked to a young lady after the last service who accepted Jesus into her life today. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic. Starting a brand new life. Some of you, you know it. You can feel your heart beating out of your chest. This is what you need to do today. Others of you? You've already accepted it or, or years ago or months ago. And so some of you don't need to accept it anymore. You need to share this. You need to share this message. You need to have the guts and take the risk to share this message, Romans 6.23, with other people when you're sitting around or, or, or something like that and, and realize that just taking it, can you get outside even the weekend, forget about where you're going to lunch later today or, or work, and just think about this. If you and I would just get into a conversation like we've just talked about, like this, a message like this can completely change somebody's eternal zip code. It can change where they live. 
for eternity if they would just accept Jesus into their life. And, and I know that statistics, here's what statistics say about this whole message. The statistics say that 70% of people who follow Jesus never invite anyone else to follow Jesus along with them. 70% of people who follow after Jesus never at any moment in their life invite someone else to follow Jesus in a conversation like this along with them. And I know why that is. I'm not trying to, you know, beat, beat anybody up about that at all. I know what it is in your life. I know what it is in my life. I know why I don't get into these conversations. It's simply because of fear, right? A lot of times that's the way we feel. This conversation takes a spiritual turn, and some of you right now are sitting here, you've already played it out in your mind. You're thinking, Todd, this is all great and good, but listen, Todd, here's, here's the thing, Mr. Preacher, okay? Okay? If I get into a conversation like this, you know what people are going to start doing? They're going to start asking questions, and they're going to start saying stuff like, okay, well, that's, that's cool. Hey, by the way, do you know how many sons Abraham had? Or did you know, do you know, did Adam have a belly button? I'm really curious if Adam had a belly button. Or do you know where all the dinosaurs went? Because I've always wondered where the dinosaurs went. Or do you know how old the earth is? And listen, you're thinking, Todd, guess what? I don't know the answer to all those questions. And here's the thing. I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to look stupid in front of some friend or some other person. Well, here's what I do, Todd. I just kind of avoid those kinds of conversations because I don't know the answer to all those questions. And here's what I want to say to you, Crossing. You've got to hear this loud and clear. Hear, hear this loud and clear. Listen, Crossing. Listen, you don't have to know the answer to all of those other questions in order to lead a person closer to Jesus. You don't. All you have to do all you have to do, yeah, that's good, that's truth. All you have to do is have the guts. Take the risk and be willing to sit down with a friend and say, you know what, I'm just going to be honest with you up front. Um, I don't know how many sons Abraham had. And I have no idea about the whole Adam belly button thing. And I don't know even how old the earth is or the dinosaurs. I wonder about that too. I don't know where all the dinosaurs went. But here's what I do know. Here's what, here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. I know the wages of our sin is death. But I know that's not it. I know there's this gift that this incredible God wants to give us. And it's called eternal life. And the way you and I get that is through accepting Christ Jesus as our Lord. And you know what you can do, Crossing? You can just write that out on the back of a napkin, and then you can just say to your friend, hey, you know what? Why don't you just keep the napkin? And you can lead somebody to Jesus on just the back of a napkin. Amen? Amen? Amen. It's good news. And here's the thing. Some of you need to accept that today. Some of you need to share this with other people in your life. And, and some of you are excited about sharing it. You are. And so let me just tell you a couple last things and we're going to pray and head out into a new week from wherever God wants us to go. Some of you, you know when you're going to share this, you're like, I'm, I'm excited and I, you even got this person in your mind and I want to share it and this is going to be amazing. But, but you, you got to realize this when you share it. Here's what I want you to know. The power is not in the presentation. Okay? The power is in the fact that this is the word of God. 
It's the word of God. That's where the power is, not the presentation, I promise you. The first time you share this, you're going to be sitting with somebody in a coffee shop or an airplane or at school, and you're going to go, oh my goodness, you're talking about spiritual things. I learned this thing at church, and you're going to write this verse out and stuff like that, and you're going to say, okay, here's what I want you to do. You're going to start talking through it. I'm just going to work you through the verse, okay? And you're going to say, okay, here's, uh, put a box around the word of. No, wait a minute, that's a connector word. He didn't do that at all. Uh, circle in. No, wait a minute, there were no circles at all. And, and here's the thing, you're, you're going to feel like in your mind that you've like messed the whole thing up, but guess what? The, that's okay, because the power isn't in the presentation. The power, let me say this again, is in the fact that this is the word of God. And we are promised that whenever we share it, it will never return void in people's lives. Amen? Let's have the guts. Let's take the risk and share Jesus with others. Because how many of you know, a lot of your friends, they need Jesus more than they need another breath of air. They they really do. A, A relationship with Jesus will one day save your life. Let me tell you one last story and pray and let you go. It's a true story about one of our Ivy League schools like Harvard or Yale. It's a freshman physics class. This is one of those flunk out classes. You ever had one of those as a freshman? Nobody's going to pass this. Comes down to the end of the semester and the professor does something he's never done before. Tells all of his students that they can bring one blank sheet of paper into the test, put whatever they want on that paper, write whatever they want on that paper, and then they can use that piece of paper on the test. He was basically telling all of his students that they can create what? Yeah, I'm too, well, a lot of you knew that. Well, that was more than I thought. Especially a lot of you right over here. We're very quick. Um, <clears throat> we're going to pray for you immediately following service. You, but you're right. Uh, it was a cheat sheet. And, and so the students, you know, they got, they got together and, you know, they're writing everything down. They get, they get their cheat sheet all together. The day of the test comes, they come in early. They're comparing notes, everything like that. They get everything they can on that thing. The test is getting ready to begin. One student walks into the room. His paper is blank. And everybody's thinking, oh man, he forgot or he got sleepy or he didn't know what he was supposed to do. He comes in and he just sets that piece of paper right down beside his desk. Just before the test is getting ready to begin, through the back doors of the classroom walks a senior who's graduating in the area of physics. And the senior walks into the classroom, walks right over to his desk, and then just stands (laughs) on the paper. Because the professor said, whatever you can put on your paper, you can use on the test. Amen? Uh, some of you right now, some of you students especially are saying, that's the coolest thing I've heard in church ever, okay? I'm writing that down. I can actually use that, okay? And here's the thing. How many of you know, whenever he needed an answer, he just asked that guy, and he aced that test, right? Because he gave him all the answers. And the reason I bring that up and this whole message and conversation today as we start this new series is because one of these days, there's going to be a final exam coming for you and me. Doesn't matter if you've been a Christian all your life or you're a Christian for just a few hours. God's going to look at you one day in eternity and say, why should I give you eternal life? Why should I give you eternal life? Why should I give you eternal life? And guess what? Here's the thing, Crossing. On your own, you don't have the right answer. And the only thing that is going to bail you out and the only thing that is going to bail me out on that day is Jesus Christ himself coming and standing beside you and saying, oh, this guy, he's with me. This girl right here, she's with me. And a relationship with Jesus Christ will literally save your life. Crossing, crossing. Let's be bold. Let's take the risk. And let's share this message with our city this week. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, to sing, and to worship, and, and to focus our hearts towards you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible, the book of Romans that is just so 
so relevant, so applicable to our lives where we live. God, I pray that you would just burn this message and this graphic into our hearts and mind and you would put people in front of us that need to know who Jesus is, that we would be ready to share this and for some would be ready to accept this today. God, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We pray that you would use us for what you're doing in this city. Let us be bold and take the risk. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen. Love you, Crossing. It's been great to be here with you. Have an awesome weekend. See you next week.